This is the Frogcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Frogcast. We are here tonight, Daniel Southern and myself, Jeff Mitchell. We are ready to talk tonight. Jeremy and Jeremiah out on assignment, not able to be with us, but we got a lot to talk about on this episode of the Frogcast. Well, Daniel, the Frogs go out to Lubbock, and they beat Texas Tech 27-3. First time in program history we have won back-to-back games at Lubbock. 2015, of course, with the tortilla tip. And the big win out there, 27-3, against the Red Raiders. There's going to be a lot to talk about this. I don't know if Cliffy is going to lose his job. I'm not sure uh, I'm not sure what we've learned about Sean Robinson. We'll talk about that. But just watching the game, it had to feel good to see the Frogs get a win like that, didn't it? It did. It was really, um, really refreshing to see, um, you know, going out there uh, less than a week ish to prepare um, or maybe right at a week to prepare uh, to go out to have start a, a true freshman uh, in Sean Robinson. And he goes out there and he, you know, he does a, does a fine job for the conditions that he was in. I think we'll talk about that. And um, it was, you know, just shutting them down, watching them quit. It felt good. It did. They they definitely mailed it in. They were they were done for that. For the, you could tell that 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 team was done. Um, even though the game was kind of a lot tighter than the final score projected. Well, the first and last thing we really want to talk about on this show is, is Sean Robinson. He has been the most heralded recruit. He committed after his sophomore season. There was basically a two year build up to get him on campus. He enrolled early. And, you know, man, I think back to to even, you know, after the spring game going into August, everybody was like, is he going to be the starter? I mean, there was legitimate non-mere message board conversation of whether Sean Robinson was going to be the starter. And he finally gets his first start here in week 11 at Texas Tech. How do you evaluate that? What, what, What got you excited watching Sean Robinson finally take the field and lead this team? Uh, I think most of the excitement was based around the thought of what could this be? Um, we, it's kind of like with Kenny Hill, we, we've seen him and he, he, you know, he's done an adequate job and sometimes a good job, sometimes not a good job, but we know what, we know what we're expecting out of him. So there's like, it's like the excitement. It's like a uh, Christmas morning when you're a kid, you know, you're not sure exactly how good this could be. And, um, and then the future looks bright. You know, he had a few moments that were, um, you weren't so thrilled with it, but I think overall he did just fine, especially considering um, uh, the O line didn't seem to play that well. Uh, they allowing Tech to get you know plenty of penetration and make uh, Sean scramble and <clears throat> throw the ball out of bounds or you know things like that. And then um, uh, the wind it was crazy windy; even Shimonet couldn't throw that well. But uh, and then wide receivers dropping passes that were pretty accurate and catchable. Yes, they were. So. Yeah, it was um, – so it was a lot of that, well, what's this going to be? And it's the start of a new era. You know, we may still see Kenny again uh, sometime this year. <clears throat> uh, I don't know if he'll be ready for Baylor, but let's say uh, we take care of Baylor. Uh, he'd probably play against OU in the championship game, and then there's the bowl game. But it's still the start of a new era, uh, or at least the transition into a new era. So it was – that was what got me excited. It was just a um, – it felt like the pressure was really off – uh, I could sit back and relax and enjoy the game, unlike uh, 
most of the time when I'm wringing my hands and, <laughs> you know, throwing things and stuff like that. So it was, it was, it was fun. I mean, it was a, it was a fun game to watch. Uh, I enjoyed it. Yeah. There were two things going on at the same time that, you know, I, I admit, I mean, I have high expectations for Sean Robinson. He was not as highly rated and heralded on accident. He just didn't, you know, roll out of bed and have one good game, and he was a four or five star. I had, I have really high expectations about what he's going to be be able to do, not just the first time he walked on the field, but then you also kind of had this blank slate of a game, which was, you know, I mean, we have it best an outside shot to get to the playoff. I mean, we can get to the Big 12 belt title game with a pretty clear path. Some of that pressure is off the team at the same time. So I didn't know what he was going to do. I didn't know if he was going to go out and light it up. I didn't know if he was going to go out and lay an egg. I didn't know if he was going to throw three interceptions. But there was no there was no hook that was going to pull him out of that game. That was his game, and he it, he was sent out there to handle it. So there was there was an excitement that was mixed with mystery, if, if I can sound kind of cliched. You know, the upside of a, of the backup quarterback is everybody thinks he's great. And a lot of people are like, why aren't the, why aren't the backup quarterback playing? And my gosh, there were so many TCU fans that had been wanting uh, Sean Robinson to be the quarterback since Kenny threw his first pick. But I was delighted to see what I saw from Sean Robinson, mostly just from his confidence. He'd get the ball in his hands in the open field. He knew what to do. He had a defensive lineman coming after him after he pulled the ball on that read option. He's not afraid to stop, give him a stiff arm and you know get into the open field and take off through the secondary like he's playing Cedar Hill. I love to see his confidence, not just running the ball, but, man, I'll admit, I mean, some of those passes were dropped. Some of them were not perfectly on target. But his con- he is not shy about taking that, uh, you know, stepping in with that big body and throwing the ball downfield. I loved watching Sean Robinson throw the ball downfield. He's got a big arm. He knows where to put the ball. And um, I think it's only going to get better, especially with the receivers that are, are young cropper receivers and the guys that are coming in to follow him. You know, I'm thinking about Omar Manning and Jalen Rager, uh, Kennedy Snell and Cavante uh, Turpin on the, same f- on the field all at the same time next year with Sean Robinson. It gets, gets my blood going with Darius Anderson in the backfield. So that, those were the kind of the signs to come, the signs of things to come that got me excited. To Valence Hunt, too. Yes, to I, we, yes, yes, to Valence Hunt. Oh my gosh, is he going to be a beast, man? If you haven't watched his video, it's on my Twitter feed. Oh, he's he's a he's the most underrated player in the state of Texas. I will just say that as long as I can say it, he's so good. And you were right about the um, everyone wanting the everyone's favorite player is the backup quarterback because as soon as Sean Robinson took the ball, I was ready to see Mulestein. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I I was ready for uh, I, I was ready for Jack Adams. Yeah, That's right. yeah. No, no, no. I was kidding. I, great, great walk-on story, Jack. But that wasn't what happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, it wasn't perfect. What what scared you to death? Where what, if we're great and Sean here on maybe what didn't go so well? Uh, what did you see there? You're like, oh my gosh, that's a freshman. Um. I'm trying to think because I, I watched the game and I tried to watch it again today to to be able to take notes for a podcast. Um, the, the the pass that was an ump that should have been intercepted really um, that was not a, a wise pass, but I think he was under some pressure. Um, I, I can't I, honestly I can't think of anything in particular. It was just kind of a little mistakes that he made that kind of overall kind of accumulated to make me feel like, yeah, that was a freshman game, but you know, he made good enough plays overall that I didn't come out of there thinking that was just a bad performance by a freshman. I think he did pretty well. And of course he's been here since, you know, December. 
You know, I'm thinking about the turnovers. I mean, putting the, the fumbles, putting oh, the ball on yep, the ground. Definitely. I don't know how that slipped my mind. The yeah, that was bad. That was real bad. We got so lucky that so lucky that they only that, picked that up. That could have been a scoop. And, they, there could have been two scoop and scores. Yeah. I mean, we were that that you know the running that option, put the ball on the ground a couple times. That was that was not ideal. And um, you know, I don't know what it was. I can't imagine it was the wind on the option. I mean, maybe, maybe that could affect it, but those were just some poor choices. One of that option where there was the fumble where he was coming coming towards the camera for a lack of a better term. Yeah. You know, that that just got spread out. He he just kept basically kind of needed to eat it. And then the other time that scared me is we were pinned back at the end zone when you're looking at the screen on the right. And, you know, he evaded a tackler. He's, he's back there well inside the red zone. And then he flips and turns around, and he's in the end zone running, not aware of a guy that's coming at him. And I'm like, buddy, you're, a, you're not playing a, DSI, a DISD school right there. You, get, you're, you might be taking a safety here pretty quick. But he was able to evade it and, and, and throw the pass away. But there were a couple times I'm like, uh, that's, that's a freshman mistake. And it didn't come back and haunt us. So that's the upside. He's got the teaching moment, the video to go over it with Sonny, and it didn't cost us the game. That, so. That's probably why it, that slipped my memory because it, it was bad, but it didn't result in, in you know, tech scoring and things like that. Um, but, yeah, that was, that was pretty, pretty rough. Uh, there was a lot of fumbles. So I'd, I'd like to, I think that's easy to clean up. Uh, it's almost like he played with too much confidence, like he had that – you know, I got this and, um, mm-hmm. just a little bit, uh, a little bit to a fault, uh, you know, but, you know, I'm glad to see that rather than just, uh, so amped up and nervous that he can't do anything, you know? Yeah, I agree. I'm glad to see him playing with some confidence. He was, he did not lack confidence out there, especially, you know, I'm just have that image of let's throw the ball down the sideline on a fa- on a go route. I like that. I like that. That's that's something we haven't been able to do. And he didn't mind stepping up in the pocket and letting the ball fly. So I think that's a good sign of things to come. Man, the game conditions were, you know, obviously neither one of us were there. It w- it seemed as if the wind uh, really prevented either quarterback from getting into 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 a rhythm. I think our defense played well. I don't think, um, but I don't think you can p- contribute completely to the defense. Bad kickers <laughs> uh, from Tech as well oh, as is wow. the wind. Man. I think I think that one kick. I think it was as wide as it was a f- distance from the kick. If you know, I think it was twenty yards wide. Yeah, <laughs> or whatever that, I'm trying to say. Yeah, you know that was the moment that I knew Cliff was going to get fired. I knew Kingsbury was going to get. Why would you not go for it in that position? Yeah, that's, he, that's yeah. all I was thinking. Yeah, I wrote that down and said, why? Why would you not go for that right now? You literally have nothing to lose. You could change the trajectory of the game right there. Field goal is probably not going to do it, but goes for it with Kyle or sends the kicker out there, and that thing was, whoo, man, he that was wild. And on fourth down, at other situations, and did okay. Um, I don't see why they wouldn't do it again. Um, they, you know, they got they have a, a good offense. You know, they're not. It's not as good as with Mahomes or anything, but they have a good offense, and they, and it, the way the defense is playing, they have a better shot of winning the game if they take some chances. So the crowd booed after that horrible kick, and I don't blame them. No, because I mean, don't boo the kid, but um, it was a bad decision, and look what look what it resulted in. That's one of the worst kicks I may have ever seen. It was, it was twenty <laughs> yards out, uh, and it was a little bit of an angle, but you know, I mean, good lord. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad. That that, was that's like bad. setting up in front of my house, and then I kick it, and it hits my neighbors two doors down. 
Yeah. Oh. It's like watching a little kid's soccer game where he's kind of got the free penalty kick and he like kicks it and it hits the windshield. <laughs> you know, that's that's <laughs> what I felt like. Not the net, not the goalie. That's uh, You got the 45-degree angle and it hits somebody's windshield. That's kind of what that felt like. Well, what you know, I just want to I want to drop this before we we're going to give uh, Sean and the whole offense a grade here. I just have to say this since we're talking about tech. I love seeing all of those empty seats at tech because yes. all I hear about from their fans is, oh, you know, you, you 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 had empty seats for the for the Jackson State game. You had empty seats for the Kansas game up in the corner. And I'm like, well, first of all, those were the visitor seats that they didn't come to, and I wouldn't come to a Kansas game if I was a Kansas fan in Fort Worth. But I just love seeing, you know, tens, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand empty seats at Jones AT and T Stadium, because Tech fans are they they are the most surly about TCU being in the Big Twelve. Have you found that to be the case? Yeah, a little bit. Um, it's it's you know now. I'm not really sure why uh, you would think at this point, Texas would be the most upset because <laughs> we've kind of uh, rained on their parade. Uh, but no, they are, they, they just can't, they just can't stand it. And that's fine. I don't like them either. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good combo. It's a great, it's a great but, combination. But something so. I, I looked into, I didn't realize how many students they have. They have nearly 40,000 and you still can't pack that place. You know, TCU has 48,000 seats or whatever, which is almost five times the size of the student body. And I've said that before. Mm-hmm. So um, no excuse, Tech. No, no excuse. And it's not as if there was just a whole lot going on at the Lubbock Arts Center. I don't think there is a Lubbock Arts Center. <laughs> I don't think there – I think there is. It's a, it's a, it's a, sta- it's a museum with a, a stack of empty Copenhagen cans, which I'm fine with, but that's fine art out there in Lubbock. It's probably a potato gun and what else do you do out in West Texas? Yeah. What's the joke? You stand on top of your house and watch your dog run away for three days? <laughs> yeah, or something like that. Something like that. Uh, let's go to offensive player of the game. Let's let's do two. I want you to give a, a grade, a, a letter grade to Sean Robinson, and then give me, and then we'll come back um, and give an offensive player of the game. So, what's your what's your grade on Sean Robinson? You know what? I, I'd say I really think the wind affected the passing more than we might know because they were I'm watching the first of the broadcasts. They were talking about forty mile an hour gusts of wind and. Um, I watched a game the other night where there was wind and some kid tried to punt into it and he ended up with a seven yard punt because the wind knocked it down so bad. So I want to give him a B um, because he did good on his feet and, and he's bigger than I remembered. He looks like a kind of a small tight end running around out there. Yes. His big old body. And, um, but he did a lot of good running, smart running, um, except for maybe the options, but that's a little more complicated than just a quarterback run. It was, it was good, good stuff, and he had good, solid passes, and he's he was confident in those passes, and he's got a strong arm. And I can't wait to see him uh, in a non-windy environment. Uh, so yeah, I give him a B because that's and that's not an easy place to play, no matter size of the crowd. Um, mm-hmm. Might have been a little more gnarly if it was at night. So I'm glad it was eleven o'clock. Yeah, I'd rather kick off at 11 than 7 in Lubbock every single time. Yeah, I'm going to give him a B- minus because, you know, he, he got a win, so you immediately are above a C. We got a win. He um, didn't throw an interception. 
he was able to uh, put the ball where he needed to. And, you know, maybe there was a, you know, maybe he could have had an inch or two more on a, on a pass. Maybe a receiver could have stretched out. Maybe he could have caught a ball that was pretty easy. But he didn't have anything embarrassing. There was no moment other than those option plays with the fumble where I thought, oh, my gosh, that's a true freshman. He still needs to let the game slow down. But, man, his ability to run that read option and to get into the second level quick, and, and he's so explosive with that size, it – I, I was I was pleased. I was pleasantly surprised. So if that's your first outing and you go to Lubbock and you win twenty seven to three, which is the largest margin of victory we've had with them other than the eighty two twenty seven in our wins, you know, it's it's more than it's better than what we did last time we were out there, and I know those are two different teams, but still I, I was really pleased with what he was able to do. The game was never in doubt, even when it was a one score game, and I, I credit that to the quarterback. So that'll that's something that uh, that you, you got to build on. So let's go with the offensive player of the game. Who do you have for this game? Why not Sean Robinson? Hey, how about that? Uh, Why not? Because I can't think of anybody else. Kyle Hicks, unfortunately, didn't have a very good game. It's not his fault, though. Um, He had nowhere to run. So um, uh, Rager did all right, but then there's Turpin, too. So, I I mean, there's just a handful. There wasn't anything just super explosive. So I don't really don't have any, and I wish I had been able to watch the game again. I'm a bad podcaster. Um, yes. Yes. Definitely. Uh, so why don't? Well, what's yours? I was going to go with Turpin. Okay. I was going to go with Turpin because he did what he was supposed to do, and um, you know I, I thought he did a good job on the end around reverse. I thought he caught some nice passes. I was going to go with Turpin. Yeah, I mean that would that, I'd say that'd be just up there. Um, it, so that'd probably be my. It's like one, one A, one B. They were all because it wasn't anything super standout. Because we only scored what twenty on offense. So yes, yes, yeah. So I mean, it's uh, it's not like I can, it's not like Darius Anderson ran for two hundred yards or something like that and three touchdowns. So no, you know, one of the odd stats from that game was you know Tech put up three hundred twenty-seven yards and TCU put up two eighty-nine. Did you see what the time of possession was? I did not. 30 minutes straight up TCU. 30 minutes straight up Texas Tech to the second. It was 30 to 30. Whoa. Didn't know to the second. I didn't either. I saw that on Twitter, and then I pulled it up here on the um, stat line, and it is 30 minutes exactly for both teams. So that's something that's that's kind of cool i'm not gonna lie that's pretty cool here i'd say that's pretty good defensive effort then to only get three points out of that yes it is speaking of the defense how's that for awesome transitions last time the frogs gave up a second half touchdown was october the 7th against western virginia with will greer so i have the frogs have not given up a second half touchdown in over a month and that includes some some pretty salty games that we've been able to hold on to and win and you know even the games we've lost so this defense did did it again they they um they were able to shut down texas tech they were able to only give up three points they were able to do their job sometimes it was bad kickers a lot of times it was a, a, a timely sack tcu holds on 27 to 3 they were able to shut down texas tech what did you see on that defense that, that really made you bow your shoulders up and say this is a defense that's pretty special? Well, I think part – well, the, the line has been playing great all year, and they played great um, against uh, against Tech. But what kind of stood out to me was the fact that we're missing a few key players in this game, and we still pulled off that big of, a, of an effort against Tech. 
Uh, we're missing Nico Small, Traven Howard, um, and we still had the the line play and the corners and the safeties, all that linebackers. Ty Summers was killing it. Um, he was, yeah. So it was, um, it was, it was great. I mean, it's not like they have. I mean, they have a good offense, but it's not like they have a a, a powerful offensive line or anything like that. So um, overall, fantastic effort, and I hope it's. Uh, even better next week at with Baylor. You know, Ty Summers, a couple times a season, he is able to get in there and wrap up and then just pick that guy up and, and body slam. You know, almost like he's doing something from the old WWF or the Dallas or it's a Dallas Sportatorium. I love watching Ty Summers play. He is so big and so strong. And I know he gets knocked for maybe being a step slow, but my gosh, how would you like to have a Basically run an Oklahoma drill in the B-gap with him coming right at you with everything you've got. That guy, he is he is a hoss and has done everything that Coach Patterson has asked him to do. And when you see the injuries that you have with Nico Small out, Traven Howard, who's been the anchor of this defense for three years, and to still limit Tech to three points, this, this goes right up there with some of the best defensive performances that, that the TCU defense has ever had, especially after last year where they put that, that great performance up and we got beat and the offense couldn't do anything. I love to see what the defense was able to be rewarded with with that victory. I also want to honorable mention to uh, Jeff Gladney. Uh, nice pick six, uh, except at the very end, pull your head out, man. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know, man. Because See, I can't tell. Was that an interception or was that a fumble? Rec- did he strip it? it looked like I, mean, I don't think it was. Both. It was really hard to tell. Yeah. So, like, you, you had an opportunity there for it to be a fumble recovery with a second fumble recovery with a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of crazy. Yeah. I don't, I will never get it. I know I sound like the grumpy old guy yelling at everybody to get off their yard, but why do you drop the ball at the two yard line? What in the world is served by that? Why is that such an epidemic? It is insane. I mean, if there was a dude right on his tail, they could have fallen right on that ball and there goes everything. So luckily all of the tech cheerleaders pointed that he had dropped the ball and he turned around and he went back and picked it up. That was. I'm glad, I'm glad he was paying attention and not doing like a Superman thing and looking into the end zone. And so, yeah. so he his showboating was already done. So he turned around and, and you know he grabbed it. So it worked out. But uh, Gary is probably blown out his eardrum screaming at him about that. Yeah, he probably was. We don't have Jeremy to do a uh, Coach Patterson impersonation, but you can imagine that uh, it was probably pretty salty. I'm sure it wasn't a, a kind and gentle hand on the shoulder explaining it like Bill Schneider would. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, he, he had to light him up and rip. I think he lost nine pounds out of his left glute. So, <laughs> uh, I would love to see this defense be able to do this again next week, to be able to shut out Baylor in the second. I'd love to shut out Baylor, but especially shut out Baylor in the second half. So... We'll see if they'll be able to keep that up. Well, let's go ahead and ask the question that everybody is is, is asking. And we, we give the answers to the questions everybody's asking on this on this hard-hitting podcast. Kenny Hill's injury, from from what we understand, is not uh, it's not like it's a, a bum knee or a sore ankle or anything like that. We're talking about a concussion. So that's a binary uh, injury. You either can play or you can't. You pass protocol, uh, concussion protocol or you haven't. You're not rolling the dice on that, like if it's a bum shoulder. If Kenny Hill passes concussion protocol on Wednesday, who starts at quarterback against Baylor, Sean Robinson or Kenny Hill? 
Uh, I was going to say I think it would be safe to just go with Sean. Um, I don't think you should risk it for his, like, his, for Kenny's sake. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I, there's been times where you can pass a cu- concussion protocol, but that doesn't mean you're totally well in the clear, I don't think. Um, it means kind of a gray area, all that stuff. But to me, that this is just such a risk. Um, you know, he's got the rest of his life in front of him. I don't think he'd be in the NFL or anything. Um, but with just one or two games, you know, why, this is a simple game too. I mean, Baylor shouldn't be too big of a deal. It'd be more experience for Sean Robinson. It'd be at home. Hopefully, it wouldn't be as windy as hell. And I just feel like. Why why risk uh why risk something when when you don't have to? It's not like we're playing Oklahoma where it's you know do or die. Yeah, you know the what I keep thinking about is Texas rolled Sam Ellinger out there a week after that concussion in the Oklahoma game, and he ended up he didn't play. You know he he got another he basically got dung up again and didn't play against TCU. And, you know, that's a good quarterback. He's a good kid, and he wants to communicate that he's tough, and I think the kid's a player. But, man, these concussion is not like fighting through a sore ankle. And I know that this is, you know, sometimes it gets people give a bad rap of like, oh, it's man, you got to man up play football. Targeting's killing football. But, dude, your brain is just going to go to spaghetti if, if you are – because when you get your first concussion, you're susceptible to your second, and it, the, it just continues to get worse in terms of its impact, and it takes longer to recover. So if Kenny is not 100% by Monday or Tuesday, I don't see any reason why he should play in this game for his own well-being. You know, it's not about, oh, let's go with the freshman because we've got to go to the future. It's about concussions are, are serious. Serious. We need Kenny to beat Oklahoma. Sean Robinson's not going to beat Oklahoma. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you that right. right. Sean Robinson's not going to beat Oklahoma. But Kenny Hill can beat Oklahoma. He beat Oklahoma State. He beat West Virginia. We can we can beat Oklahoma if the if the defense comes along and we make some tweaks on offense. I actually I actually believe that. So um, I hope I hope Kenny gets to take a snap. I hope he gets honored at senior. You know, as a senior, I'd love for him to be able to go out there and take the knee for the victory. But if we can't beat Baylor with Sean Robinson, then we don't deserve to be in the Big Twelve title game anyway. We don't deserve to be in the Big Twelve. <laughs> we don't deserve. To be in the Big- <laughs> we go to we go to Kansas territory. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we go to ten. You know, we're going to be able to score some points on Baylor, but I can't wait to see that defense get unleashed on on their offense. Their offensive line is a sieve. I mean, they are so young, so young. So I, I want to see Ennis Gaines on the safety blitz coming up and just lighten Brewer up. I think that's going to have some. I think that's going to be fun. I think that's going to be fun. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's kind of the the rough consensus of where we should be uh, in terms of quarterback play. I, Unless Kenny is, is is was borderline for this weekend and they were just trying to be safe and he's good to go today, if there's any hesitation on that, just go with Sean, save Kenny for the Big 12 title game, get him healthy, get him safe, not just for the program but for for his own well being. You know, there's a, my old my old football coach used to have this uh, uh, saying. It, it's actually really helped me decipher some of this stuff and split it, plus, uh, be able to uh, communicate it better for myself. He said, sometimes you play when you're hurt, but you never play when you're injured. You know, if you're hurt, just fight through it. You know, if you got a, if your ankle's sore, if you got, you know, got a stinger, you know, you play through that if you're hurt. But if you're injured, that's when you're talking about your own well-being. And you don't put that on the line. You don't put your brain on the line 
to, to beat Baylor. So hopefully Kenny will, you know, people smarter than us will know what to do in that situation, especially the medical staff. So I think that's kind of where I come down on that. Short flight to Lubbock, which yeah. is what, 45 minutes or so. I mean, I can't imagine that'd be very long. Uh, no. So if you can't do that and you got to stay, stay put and, you know, maybe stay in a dark room or whatever it is you have to do to, to, to try and let your brain heal. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That just to me sounds like he's it. It was worse than we thought, and so I just and I think they'll do the right thing. I'm not too. I'm not worried about them not doing it. No, not, I'm not. They're either. not going to pull a Tom Herman, and no, you know, because if you remember Ellinger throwing that pass to nobody in the end zone on that end of whatever that game was. Oh yeah, the Oklahoma State game. Yeah, yeah, he shouldn't have been out there. That was bad. So. Um, no, that was bad. I don't want to see. Although, that. if if Kenny needed a dark place to sit in Lubbock, I heard that there's a shed that has it's the Adam James Memorial Shed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So is that where we protest yeah. for Mike Leach's money? I think so. I think that's where we were supposed to have had a meetup at nine o'clock on Saturday. I missed it. Okay. So. <laughs> that's where we meet up has, for Mike Leach's. Money. Has what he's owed? Has it gone up again? Because it went up, didn't it? I think it's. I think it's up to fourteen million. Okay. That seems fair. Yeah. That seems fair. That seems fair. I want. I'm all in on Leach coming back to the Big Twelve, and if they fire Kingsbury, I say go ahead and bring Leach back. That's the easy way to give him his money. That's true. Yeah, maybe you could get him an hour long talk show on the ticket, just open mic. Oh, you know their ratings would would go up even more. Oh, <laughs> just so like, listen to that. Uh, it'd be you know one day would be, one week would be current events. One week would be Western philosophy, and then another day would be pirates, and just go, you know. And then how to have a sixty-four team playoff? Have you heard him <laughs> pontificate on how to ha- on how you can have a sixty-four team playoff? I think I did, but it was late at night after watching football all day, so I wasn't, uh, you know, there. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm with you. I'm pretty hey, sure. Happens to my, the best. Pretty of sure it's on my YouTube history, so. I'll go back and check it. Yeah. Well, Baylor got beat by Iowa State. Uh, You know, I want to take a minute here and pause. We got this game. (laughs) Every time I say Baylor, you're going to hit that, I think. (laughs) No, just when when you bring them up, yeah. Just when we bring it up, I was thinking about the the last time TCU played Baylor on Black Friday. The la- you know the last couple of years, these games have been great. We had the double overtime game in the mo- in the ice monsoon where we were able to get some redemption from 2014. That was an amazing game. That was an I know that there were only about 25,000 people there, but that was an amazing environment. And then the next year, we just kind of had the boat race down in Waco when everybody showed up in their Convict Art Browse t-shirts and had their banners flying from the Boosters uh, luxury box, and we just annihilated them. Uh, this game doesn't quite have that same climatic feel. It's pretty anticlimactic. But with that said, every time you play Baylor – um, you just you want to you don't just want to win you want to annihilate them and uh, return the favor from when they burned our campus down. So, uh, did you get to see any of the Baylor Iowa State game? What do you see that is going to be uh, something the Frogs are going to have to take a hold of? Any anything that you think we're going to be able to do to take advantage of uh, it, the upper hand we're going to have on them in terms of personnel? Uh, well, first, uh, them burning down the campus was the best thing they've ever done for TCU because that got it the hell out of Waco. So, <laughs> really, point taken. Yeah, really. That's 
that's the best thing that's ever happened um, to TCU, uh, at least as far as Baylor's concerned. Um, what did I see? I watched a, a good bit of it. I'm uh, Iowa State <laughs> was able to score not too not too hard. Uh, they were able to they they held Baylor. Um, the, the only thing that worried me was that Iowa State was playing. Um, I guess a zone defense. And so they were, you know, waiting. Someone was always open, just barely. So Brewer could make a pass. They'd get eight or nine yards every time. And they would make a long drive down the field. And really, a lot of times, the only thing that saved them was um, Brewer, what didn't make a great pass, just just, just missed or they dropped it. And um, I don't know. It was just like, it was very frustrating. And I don't think that's how we roll at all, usually. Um so that was really the only advantage I saw them having, but it had to do with Iowa State's defensive planning, and I don't know what they were thinking. They should have been more aggressive because uh, a couple of things go Baylor's way, and pretty soon they you know they're scoring more touchdowns. They have good receivers, and they have Charlie Brewer is going to be a good quarterback. That kind of pisses me off that they're going to have a good quarterback from now on. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to suck. Um, so, but with our de- the way TCU's defense is, I'm not too worried about it, and we'll score on them. They they don't have a defense worth a darn. So, uh, overall, I mean they're they're one in ten for a reason. Uh, so, Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think they'll put up a fight, but I think. That, you know their offensive line is so banged up and so depleted, and I think we're going to be able to get pressure up front. I think I think obviously guys like Blacklock and Bradley are going to continue to in Bethley and, and you know I think in, in Boson they're going to be able, in Bandigoob they're going to be able to continue to do what they've done, and I just don't know that they're going. I mean we won't we won't need to do anything more than rush three or four to get a lot of pressure on them, and then I think with our with our with the four two five's ability to you know shut things down up front and not get beat over the top, I, I feel good about what 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 we're going to be able to do against Baylor what I really want to see though is I want to see the Frogs put up 45 points I want to see the Frogs put up 50 points we need to we have not had that offense clicking regardless of who's quarterback in terms of when we get the ball I feel like hey we got some momentum we're going to be able to score here I I would like to see our our offense get a little more high octane moving forward I know that sometimes we need to control the clock sometimes we just want to run the ball but I would like to see us get in the end zone four or five times I'd like to see us get in the end zone four or five times before halftime um this game and, and Baylor is the perfect candidate for that because we're going to have to we're going to have to step into that Big 12 title game with a heavy dose of confidence and I think it, I think it, the confidence is going to have to come on the offensive side of the ball because I think the defense is going to be ready for Oklahoma a second time I want to see that the offense is going to be in a position to be able to do something they haven't done for about four or five weeks here you know minus the Kansas game so that's that's what I'm really looking to see us see us do against Baylor. Yeah, without Morris and without Anderson, it it's tough. Uh, Morris did play was it one series against Tech? Yeah, yeah, he got he got some reps. Okay, so he's at least good to to do something because man, we're gonna need him so bad. Um, to, we just there's been no push. It's been no it's been sad, and of course now with. You have to have that for Hicks. You have to have big holes for Hicks to be able to slip through. But Anderson would be able to, you know, he'd have some yards after contact and um, carry it a little bit. And then Shewo, well, he'd probably just fumble. But, um, <laughs> which that sounds bad. But 
I don't know, man. After after uh, the game, that was kind of gnarly. So, uh, yes, it was. Between that and some drop passes, uh, we'll see. Yeah, it's going to have to be on the offensive side of the ball this week because the defense is the ones that they're going to they're going to do their job and they're going to shine. I think we got to see the offense be able to get some confidence that they're going to be in a position to, to score not against Baylor but against Oklahoma. And this is the week to do it. This is the week to get the offense fired back up and um, have some confidence going into the Big 12 title game that they're going to be able to do something. All right, let's look around the rest of the Big 12. We'll kind of go in reverse order here of significance. Uh, Texas beat West Virginia. Did that surprise you? The kind of hand, I mean, Will Greer looked like he had his, his finger ripped off yeah. and bent three times. That was an ugly picture. But were you surprised that Texas was able to put up points on West Virginia and that they were able to win in Morgantown? A little bit. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't surprised that they won because Will Greer went out. Uh, I didn't really watch the game, but from what I hear, their backup was not so great. But what surprised me was Texas putting up, you know, points. So there, it sounds like, unless West Virginia defense is given up or falling apart or something that I didn't hear about, um, sounds like Texas offense is getting a little better. Um, crap. Well, they had, <laughs> I know they had Connor Williams back, their left tackle. That is a. Uh, there's no denying he's a great offensive lineman, and he was able to help out on the run game and, and protect Sam's backside. So, yeah, I was surprised. I picked West Virginia. I thought, it, 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 in, honestly, in all honesty, it hurt us because West Virginia was, is no longer ranked, and Texas, if they go 7-5, and five, you know, maybe they get ranked by, by rule of law rather than by the voters. So I don't think Texas is going to be able to sneak into the top 25 until after the bowl season. So that hurt us, but, hey, you know, I think, I think we can all go ahead and agree Texas is back. <laughs> who's going to win the Texas? Yeah, who's going to win the Tech Texas game this this weekend? I feel like Texas will win. I do too. I don't. I, I do don't too. like I it because if I, Tech wins, the Big Twelve gets what eight in the bowl games. Eight, eight in a bowl game. Yeah. Yep, and that would be impressive. That'd be eighty percent. Uh, I don't see any other conference doing that. No. Um. So. That's pretty good. But if Tech wins, um, uh, so sorry. Ha ha. Yeah. But I think Texas is going to win. That'll. I, th- I think Texas is going to win. I do, t- I do too, yeah. Yeah. I watched the Oklahoma State-Kansas State game, and that is one of those under-the-radar rivalries that is always a crazy game. You know, you got you – got, uh, talk about contrast of coaching sideline demeanor with uh, Gundy, who just stepped out of the county fair, and Snyder, that just uh, stepped out of his Social Security cost of living negotiation meeting. But my gosh, the 45 40, K State beats Oklahoma State in Stillwater. The Oklahoma State is down to eight and three. They're not, you know, they're they're not going to win ten win have ten wins in the regular season. The fourth quarter, Oklahoma State scored twenty points. They came storming back from a you know a, a huge deficit, and then they get the ball back with two minutes left, and they get the ball. And on their first series, there's basically four incompletions. In case they gets the ball back and they win, I I could not believe that they were down that much and I could not believe when they had the opportunity after scoring all those points that they weren't able to score to win the game. Yeah, when they got the ball back, I I, I had tuned into that uh, at that point and I thought oh, well, they'll, they'll they'll win. They've been able to come back this far. They'll they'll get something together and they just you know, they'll do it. And four incomplete passes and that was it. Bye-bye. Uh yeah. I was really surprised, but kind of happy. 
Yeah, I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't bothered by that because that means K State's bowling. Kansas State and Iowa State play the end to, to end the season, but I'm glad Kansas State's in a bowl. They're going to get in a bowl game and they're going to suffocate somebody and they're going to win 17-14. And some uh, SEC team's message board is going to melt down that they got beat by K State. They'll they'll get in that formation where they got three guys right behind the quarterback and they push him eight yards into the end zone to win the game. That's my favorite formation ever. But I yeah, that was that was tough to watch if you're an Oklahoma State fan. Well, let's flip over to the game that sh- that should have been useless. That should have been on Fox Sports uh, One alternate, um, on Fox Sports Southwest alternate. Kansas and o- OU turned into a friggin' soap opera that all it's all anybody is talking about. So you've got the Kansas players that come out and won't shake Baker Mayfield's hand at the pregame, and then you got Mayfield. I mean, then you got a Kansas player that basically goes after Mayfield after he's thrown a pass and, and, and it hits him in the helmet and they don't call targeting, they don't call roughing the passer. And then <laughs> Mayfield's on the sideline and he's getting mocked by the Kansas fans, and I, I hesitate to use that plural. And he turns around and says, you got one win, you should stick to basketball. And then, of course, what everybody sees is he's on the sideline chirping, yelling across the sideline, and he grabs his crotch like he's a ninth grader, telling some kid to, well, I don't want to say it on the podcast, is there anything? Is there any story about Maker Mayfield where he doesn't make the story all about himself? No, not at all. I gotta say, if if somebody came after me trying to headhunt, I would I would unload on them verbally. I would I would not hesitate to say something stupid. I'm sure that I would run my mouth to them. But you know, I, I'm not in the business of telling 22 year olds they need to grow up. But when you are on when you when you are the spotlight when it, when it, when the spotlight is on you you are the story you might not want to grab your crotch and yell across the field it it doesn't ha- have anything to do with the Heisman it doesn't have anything to do with him being the best player in college football but it's just like every time I turn around there's a story with him or or a pseudo apology that he has to give he should have given an apology for doing that he should never have given an apology for planting the flag in the field I kind of like that one um, but what. <laughs> I guess I'm kind of tired of Mayfield being a story about something other than him being a really good player. I, <laughs> when he did that, I was, of course, I, I would like to point out that, you know, they come after him on the field. He doesn't do anything. He waits till the play's over and he's on the sideline and, you know, he knows they're not going to do anything. Then he's mouthing off, grabbing himself. And he's also saying, yeah, come on, come on over here and see, we'll see what's up. Yeah. Okay, tough guy. You wait till you're safe to do that. So he's a big wuss, but with another letter. So <laughs> I mean, just I hate that guy. What a what a d bag, you know. And we're supposed to be like, you know, these are kids and all that. Nah, he's grown. He this he changed the rules so he could play another year. He's you know he's almost a, a sophomore at BYU age. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's great so, that's great so he, i'm gonna yeah, and, he, and he brings all this crap on himself and then of course he gets arrested and tries to run from the cops he cries like a little girl you know he's so full of crap and he just needs to get beat up so bad and there's just some people who just need it and are asking for it and generally when they get it they're better off, but this guy may not be, I don't know. He may be that, that far gone. Yeah. Well, it's like we said last week, if he's your quarterback, you love him. If every other team in the country can't stand him. Uh, so I wouldn't like him at TCU. 
Maybe, maybe not. I, would, I wouldn't like any of that crap. <laughs> You're probably right. Uh, you know, I think I think the thing is, there there would just be a different expression of him underneath different leadership. That's probably you know true. maybe this. I think that that's probably what it is. You can I do like the attitude that he plays the game of football with. I do like. I mean, a lot of a lot of TCU fans thought it was awful. I love planting the flag at, at Ohio State. That was. I was just fine with that. Anything that knocks Ohio State off their uh, their pedestal that they put themselves on, I am just fine with. But yeah, you don't you don't need to grab your crotch on national television, and yell, you don't need to yell at fans in the stands. I mean, don't there, there's like 13 of them. There's no need to yell at, Kansas, at KU fans. So, but it, it it I hate that it's distracting from what is a great season. He's having an he's having a great season. So. I I I, I uh, looking forward to the Big Twelve title game because I'm I'm going to have some humility and some confidence at the same time. I'm really interested to see what Patterson's going to be able to dial up in that in that second game. One thing that well, here's, just real quick. One thing I don't remember if I mentioned this or not. Um, I may have, but after going up to Norman and seeing all the kids with a little Baker hat on, and all, you know, they're all idolizing this garbage. You know, it's really sad that, you know, there's some good folks up there that are just allowing this crap to go on and which then they wouldn't tolerate that in any other situation. So it's kind of sad. It's kind of weird. Ugh. Yeah. Well, you know, we all know that the Heisman is not a moral uh, tro- a trophy for morality. I mean, Jameis Winston has a Heisman, so whatever. Yep. That's my take. And and Mayfield's morality is not off the charts here. I have no con- if it, that he got in trouble in Arkansas is just funny. It's nothing. It's nothing silly. He's not the first college student to get drunk and get mouthy with cops. So I'm glad none of our players have ever. No, done he's that, just he's so. just a, a douche and a dumbass. <laughs> but he didn't he didn't do anything to anybody as far as I know. So, yeah, yeah, eh. yeah. It's not Joe Mixon. So. All right, well, let's bring this uh, episode here to an end, my friend. We have uh, had a good 45 minutes talking about this game. Let me just close with this question for you. Obvious question. Did the Frogs get the Big 12 title game? You're forking over 100 bucks to go. You live in DFW. Uh, yeah, I'm going. Absolutely, yeah. If we, uh, if we get in the Big 12 title game and you can listen to this podcast and you can get there, by golly, you get on a plane, you get in the car, you get there because that's going to be that's going to be a historic thing to bring the Big 12 title game back and for us to be playing for it in the first year. I think that's great. It's a great accomplishment for the program. And all you got to do is, is it's just a one game. It's just a one game sudden death. All you have to do is win one game, and then you know. I, I spent some time, and then I had to let my mind kind of not chase after it. All it takes is, like, one crazy thing to happen, and there is no reason that the Frogs can't be in the playoff. All the If they get a win over the number two, number three team, there is no reason that the Frogs can't find themselves in a position. There's, a, you know, maybe one or two things that has to happen, but they're going to get in over a two-loss Pac-12 team. Just you hear that right now. If TCU beats OU, they will get in over a two-loss two USC team because they will have just beaten the number two, number three team in the country, and those wins matter more than, the, than who they lost to. So if you can get there get there because i think that's going to be a fun game and i have some i have some quiet confidence in what patterson's going to be able to dial up for that game they mentioned numerous times on the broadcast on saturday that patterson was almost foaming at the mouth about the idea of being able to play oklahoma again and i I guarantee you he's had a couple of gas that have done nothing but break down film of that game so take care of baylor 
get to the Big 12 title game, and all you got to do is win one, and um, crazier things have happened, that's for sure. Yep, and there's no better place to watch a game on TV that also happens to be happening right in front of you. <laughs> that's the best place to do that's, that. That's the best place to watch a game on TV that's also happening right in front of you. Oh, oh man. Well, thanks for our time tonight, everybody. We appreciate you listening. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to us on iTunes or on Google Play. Find us on social media. We'd love for you to share our content. Give us a retweet or a like or share that post on Facebook when you see it. Track us down on Twitter at the Frogcast TCU or find our Facebook page. We would love for you to uh, be engaged and get this content that comes straight, straight to you every Monday morning. If you haven't also yet, please join our, our website, Hornfrog Blitz, CBS Sports 24-7. We are a proud member of the 24-7 fan family and um, we, we get some great recruiting information on there it's a great message board to be a part of good folks on there come join our club you'll you'll be glad that you did it'll be the best uh, seven bucks a month that you spend so for daniel southern i'm jeff mitchell and thanks so much for listening to the frogcast <laughs>